0: Bum 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 bum, bum 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 bum, bum 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 bum. Hey everybody, come on in here. Hey Jan, get in here. Do you have your soft blanket? It's it's time for the simultaneous swaddle. And questions? Yeah, questions. There is so much news that I've got to do this twice a day just to get it all in. Two hours a day of live streaming. And I love every minute of it because I get to spend it with you. Now, if I were President Trump and I was trying to tell you how good the simultaneous swaddle is, well, I would say things like this. I would say it might be the best ever. It could be, could be the best ever simultaneous swaddle. Everybody's telling me, everybody's telling me they've never seen anything like it. I mean, they've never seen anything like it. It's the simultaneous swaddle. And even my critics are saying, you know, they can't believe it. They can't believe it. Nobody's done this before. It's it's the most amazing thing we've ever seen. Yes, if I were President Trump, that's how I would sell this. So, some of you may have questions. Let me mention a few things before we do that. Um, If you're trying to guess how long it will take you to get paper goods on the shelf, let's say toilet paper as the prime example, I have an estimate. And the estimate is approximately one month from whenever the shelves were mostly dry. And the reasoning is this. If you were to guess of all the people who did a little hoarding and all the people who didn't, because surely there were people who didn't do any or didn't do much, if you were to take the average, I think the average is that each family had about a month of supply. Now, that's a guess, of course, but it feels about what people would do on average. Some people would have six months Some people would forget to go to the store. They would kind of balance each other out, so I'll say a month. So if things were normal, it would take about a month. But of course, as soon as they got here, they would be hoarded unless the stores put a limit on it and say, well, you know, two toilet papers for you, and at which point the problem is solved. So I think it's a month from the day that it uh, started. Um, So that's my estimate for that. Have you seen some news about Joe Biden in the comments? Because I looked for the news on the front page of CNN and Fox News, and I kept looking. This was earlier. Maybe there's something there now. And there was no mention of a little story about Joe Biden. Have you heard it? Well, I don't know what really happened or really did not happen, but there's a Me Too accusation that has the patina of credibility, the patina of credibility. You don't get to say patina too much in public, but anytime I get a chance, I'm going to go right in there with the patina. So if you haven't heard the accusation, there's a – send the kids away. Send the children, children, go play with your screens. Get away from this adult activity. So there was a woman who worked as a staffer, I guess, in the 80s and 90s in his office, and she alleges, alleges, I say, that he uh, forcefully tried to kiss her. And uh, let's say that uh, he put a part of his hand in a place that she didn't want. Uh, Now, I haven't checked yet, but... I'm going to guess that the hashtag will be trending by tomorrow. (laughs) Hashtag finger-banging Biden. Now, is that not a winner? Finger-banging Biden? You might have to spell it with a G or not the G. I'm not quite sure yet. But uh, is this story true? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows apparently she she had contemporaneous reports, and she was backing up somebody else who had similar reports and blah blah. Well, I don't know about any of that, but what I do know is that I can't quite imagine him getting elected at this point. It went from hard to believe to "Okay, that's over," to impossible. So I just tweeted around a video that uh, Kamala Harris just did. She was talking about the vote for the, the relief package, whatever it's called. And long ago, I had predicted that she would disappear after withdrawing from the race and that she would retool, and she would actually get consultants who would coach her on her physical mannerisms and how to use her hand gestures and even maybe how to dress, and you know, you know all the, the basics of a politician, you know, how you look, how you talk, how you move. And I don't know, maybe she just had a good day, but it looks like she came back improved. It looks like, now, of course, many of you are blind to it because you don't think she can get elected, you don't want to vote for her, she did something bad a million years ago blah, blah, Willie Brown. But I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the the transformation of a, let's say, a uh, candidate who had a lot of rough edges in terms of style. And yeah. I just predicted that it would somewhat dramatically improve from the time she disappeared, mostly to the time that she needed to reappear. And it looks like that's happening. So uh, does that mean anything? We'll see. I guess she's in the... Uh, I guess she's in the top three for consideration, but there's, a, there's a, uh, a Latina senator in Nevada who's also high on the list. And that might make sense demographically. That might make a little more sense. So th- there's no certainty about Kamala Harris, but it's fun to watch. All right. Um, one of the most interesting questions is that there are very reasonable people People I know from Twitter, from, from you know years and years of experience, who are smart and rational and usually right, who are who believe that the coronavirus thing is, is overblown and that the hysteria was out of proportion to the you know what it would ultimately become, and that it was a mistake to have the have the uh, economy shut down so hard. Now, here's the thing that makes this so interesting. In the end, we'll never know. You know, you think that eventually, well, we'll find out in the long run. But in this case, we won't. We actually won't know if it was a gigantic mass hysteria or we did a really good job in stopping it. <laughs> we'll never know. Now, the wild card, of course, I say this all the time, is the the meds that are being tested, whether it's the hydrochloroquine or something else, the res, whatever it is. And then China thinks they have something, but that's probably a lie. So there must be a dozen or more different meds that have at least some promise and they're being tested pretty quickly. So what happens if the meds work? Let's just say hypothetically, let's say if the hydrochloroquine works and the supply gets gets up to speed pretty well, wouldn't that look like we beat the curve because people would go back to work maybe they get a little sick but they don't die they don't need ventilators the hospital isn't crashed people aren't that worried we protect we protect the old people for a little while longer everybody's smarter about washing their hands so to me it seems like we have a a pretty distinct path out and it, and at least there's a possibility i don't know what the odds are but there's a possibility that we'll get to that better place without running out of ventilators. Now, that's based on the fact that we, we have enough at the moment, but what's tomorrow look like? You know, the, the whole reason that we, we're we building them like crazy is that it seems like all the smart people who know epidemics and follow this for a living, they seem pretty unified that this is going to be bad. So you can't tell anything from you know, the snapshot in time. You have to look at what they say is going to happen. But what if it doesn't happen? What if if we get a total handle on this and deaths are under 5,000 for the country? Which by the way is my, uh, I'm going to make that my prediction. So my prediction is fewer than 5,000 deaths from coronavirus in the United States. Now that would be at great odds with the experts, but it assumes innovation. So it assumes a tool comes online that hasn't been used yet. So the, that's the optimism that we were get smarter about how doing doing that. Yeah, you know, maybe we test better. You've seen amazing things about um, the test kits. Oh, by the way, here's another. Here's another uh, prediction that I made a while ago. Um, I told you that I'd I'd worked with startups at Berkeley, and for, this was just even a few years ago. And one of the things I saw is that they had a whole bunch of technology that they were putting they were making different companies out of but all had the same quality, which is um, there had been developed over the years rapid ways to test blood. So after 9/11, and after you know bioweapon scares and stuff and anthrax, the government tasked the, the labs to find a way to very rapidly test blood for bioweapons. Now that would include, of course, the ability to test for a, you know a virus. So I told you that I had the advantage that I'd seen all these startups who could do this much faster and more cheaply, and just with you know desktop units and stuff. And I predicted that those would start coming online, and I think that's what we're seeing. You know, I'm not sure it's the same technology, <clears throat> but I would imagine that the ability to rapidly test blood is something that did not exist in the the old fossilized you know, system where you send it away to the lab, or but I assumed that it was something that existed and could be ramped up, and it looks like that might be happening now. So that could be great. So what happens if we we find a way to test everybody cheaply at home and accurately? Well, will the people who say, "I told you it wasn't going to be a big deal are they right? <laughs> who would be right? Would they be right by saying it was mass hysteria? Well, only because of miracle, you know, that, that human ingenuity found a way to solve it. I don't know. On the other hand, um, we don't know too much about China, for example, how they got a hold of it on top of it, or if they did, even. Uh, it could be that that was the hydrochloroquine as well. All right. <clears throat> You're in a town hall with Congressman Schiff. Got a question I can ask? Yes, <laughs> uh, Congressman Schiff. Um, is there anything that's good that couldn't have been done sooner? Just a general question, because all day long you're watching idiots on television criticize anybody. You know, whether it's Trump or anybody's criticizing anybody. It's all the same empty criticize, criticism, should have been done sooner. Everything should have been done sooner. <laughs> you know, After the fact, we're all geniuses. Oh, yeah, I should have been done sooner, it, which completely loses the fact that at the time, nobody really knew what to do, but you have to do something. So you do something, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, maybe you adjust. But I have no patience for the people who are going to do an autopsy on a basically a brand new situation. Uh, did you see a CNN anchor interrupt Navarro constantly? I did not, but it sounds fun. I hope there's a clip of it. <laughs> uh, do you know how many cell phones have gone dark? Good question. I don't know. Maybe we'll get that sometimes. Uh, let me see if I can take some questions. Let's check our technology. Let's see. How about Euler? If I pronounced that right, Euler, Euler, Euler. Hello, do you have a question for me?
1: Asian. Hey uh, I've read all your books, I'm Brazilian. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can, go ahead.
1: Uh, I just want to know how can I use more visual persuasion when speaking and writing? Because <laughs> I see you here in the Periscopes and when I read you, I see you have a lot of visual persuasion and uh, I read in Win
0: Bigley. And I well, just want to know that. Yeah, it's it's really just a a matter of training yourself and practice. So there, there's nothing magical to it. You just have to know that ma- that visual persuasion works better, and then keep that in the front of your mind because you know most of us can find a a visual way to describe things if we're trying. So it's really about reminding yourself to try. That's I'd say that's eighty percent of the technique, and then twenty percent is are you good at thinking up visual analogies? That, most people are. Most people are. So there's nothing more to it than that. I hope that helps. Yeah, because I see
1: you and President Trump doing it, and, and it's great. I try to uh-huh. use it. I'm a lawyer when, uh, when speaking in courts and uh, writing my my files and stuff. And uh-huh. I just want to know how you how how could I get better on that.
0: But thanks, Scott. Yeah, just uh, just uh, remind yourself and just do it. So that, that's really all it is. All right. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. All right. So there's some things, especially in persuasion, that are just practice. You just got to remind yourself, and then you just got to do it, and there's not much more to it that makes it that interesting. All right, Beth, are you there? Beth, 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 can you hear me? Do you have a question, Beth?
2: Yeah, you've been talking about – the golden the golden age coming for a couple of years Uh, and i was wondering if you think this might accelerate it
0: i I think uh, this is very much like the third act in the movie it's like everything's going well and then oh my god it's the problem you didn't see coming and it's going to ruin everything and there's no way we can get out of it but we will of course yeah I think
2: so uh, like I think people are going to have a lot less tolerance for inefficiency and wasting time and that sort of thing
0: well there's one good thing about an emergency is that uh, it reveals all your weaknesses, and man if we we've seen oh, all of our yeah. weaknesses and yeah, i would sure. I would say there's there's nothing that's worked worse than Congress. I think Congress just gets a failing grade both um,
2: sides I mean you can 't argue it's. It's yeah, undeniable.
0: That it, that was really just disgraceful, I, I think, and it has nothing to do with Republican or Democrat. I don't think it was just disgraceful as a, as a body. Um, yeah, I agree. So, uh, and did I answer your question? What was your question?
2: I asked if uh, you thought that this event would accelerate oh. the golden age.
0: Yeah, you know, it's going to take a little while to get on our feet, but I'm Perfect. always on. I'm always on the side of it's going to be faster than you think. And I have
2: one more question when you're done. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that the guessing that things will be faster than you think when humans are trying to solve a, a brand new problem, is you, it's almost always the right bet because we're really good and you get smarter and smarter and smarter until you're smart enough and we get there quickly. Where humans are always slow is if you hire somebody to, you know, remodel your house. <laughs> you yeah. know, you ask your, your lawyer to <laughs> turn something around in a day. You know, in the real world where you're just doing, yeah, it's my job, I'm just going to work, I'm getting a paycheck, everybody's yeah. slow then because it just doesn't matter. But in, in emergencies like Y2K, we really do excel at that stuff and we do it faster than you would think. Um, I guess Afghanistan would be an exception. What was your next question?
2: Have you always been an optimist?
0: Um, I would say that I've always been an optimist internally, but I actually mm-hmm. had to learn to be an optimist externally because I thought that complaining about things was entertaining. That
2: yeah, is habitual for people. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's, it's a gigantic character flaw that until somebody is kind enough to be cruel, you'll never see in yourself. Because complaining is just the easiest uh, thing to do. What, what, what are you thinking today? Ah, uh, you know, somebody was mean to me. I'm late. I got a stomach ache. Rah, rah, rah. Uh, yeah. So it's the most automatic thing because you're thinking about your problems you know, if you're trying to solve them. Yeah. So it was a friend of mine who in alcohol may have been involved years ago who basically just told me I was too negative and I was just you know wearing around. And I thought, what? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not negative at all in my mind. But indeed, the topics I talked about were downers, even so it was bothering other people far more than it was bothering me, and I was the one with the problems. So, and, and you learn that, that you just can't burden people with a nonstop fire hose of complaints and problems. Nobody wants to be around that. So I, I, I had to learn that the hard way. So I hope there's somebody brutally cruel in your life who will do the, the favor to you that somebody did to me
2: i'm the optimist in my house so (laughs) so that's cool and and thanks for doing these it's super helpful and yeah it gives me perspective i appreciate it
0: good well thanks for the questions take care
2: Cool.
0: all right let's see what else we got here we're going to go to kevin kevin you look like you got something to say hello kevin you got a question for me
1: the part about the wall and and the example and everything and and uh it it rings true so um what i've noticed in the press conferences with trump and he had an interview with sean hannity uh tonight is he seems to be dialing it back a little bit um he still gets a jab in there um, and he kind of explained it on hannity tonight he said that he's going to run on his record so he's not going to do what he did last
0: time you know that's interesting because i was i was thinking of pointing it out but i hadn't decided if it was my imagination it looks like the president is taking a conscious effort to be more bipartisan not just for the you know the length of the crisis but it looks like a strategy doesn't it mm-hmm. it, yes. it, it, it looks like he's because he can obviously turn it on and turn it off you know if he's meeting with the queen he turns it off so we know he can turn it on and off so when it's off you have to know it's conscious, right? Because mm-hmm. yes. the, def- the default is on. So turning it off is the hard part. So it looks like he's made that decision. And I, I think his instincts are right on mm-hmm. because he doesn't have much to run against. I mean, right now, Biden's just decomposing while we talk. But um, <laughs> And so I think just being nice, if he gets a little bump from doing a good job handling the crisis, which we all hope—even if we if we don't like the president—you still hope he does a good job at the crisis. So right. if he if he gets that done, you—you've know, seen even his support with women just took a big jump up. His mm-hmm. people are going to be remembering this more than they'll remember every other thing he's ever done, just because of the recency issue. Mm-hmm. So so if he gets us through this, and, and let's say the. Uh, the, the cynics or the skeptics who say it was never going to be that big after all, they're, oh. going to, they're going to go nuts because they're going to say, you didn't save us. There was nothing there to begin with. <laughs> oh, it's so unfair. Don't get reelected because it's a trick. It's a trick. So you, you know that's coming. I mean, you can could, you could see that from months away. Yeah. All right. Thank well, you. There is, the... there is yeah, one other ahead.
1: thing too. Um, right. You mentioned – you were the first one that I heard mention about the ventilators and using um, up, uh, more than one for more than one patient. And yes. he also mentioned that on Hannity tonight. Um, uh-huh. He also mentioned that they're using 3D printers to print an adapter that will do this for up to four. And uh-huh. also CPAP machines and the anesthesiologist's um,
0: uh, ventilator. Yeah, all, all the things that you probably heard from me um, fairly early. I think you were first. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah, and, you know, the, the thing that uh, I predicted, you can see right in front of you, the, the way that they basically quadrupled ventilator capacity. Who saw that coming? <laughs> like who, who, really, who saw that coming? Well, let's just quadruple it with a little valve here. So, yeah. and, and in a thousand different ways, people are making that kind of little innovation that, that mm-hmm. turned into big things. Very impressive. All right, thank you. Thank you, Scott. All right. Let's see. Take another question here. Let's go to Psychic Brian. Psychic Brian. Psychic Brian, can you hear me? Do you have a question? Hello. My call. Thanks yes. for taking my call.
3: What's your I question? Have a question? I have a question on hypnosis. Sure. I was wondering if hypnosis can – change the simulation that you're living in. We, you've talked um, uh, in your scopes about simulation. We might be living in a simulation. And I, I, that's my, my second part. Um, so how, how do you think hypnosis can change your own simulation that you might be living in? And how long would that take if you were practicing, say, uh-huh. hypnosis?
0: Well, no, I don't think there's any any way that hypnosis as the as a practice in which you sit in front of one person and they go into a relaxed state, I don't I don't think that rewires the the simulation. But uh and of course anytime I talk about the simulation it's just for fun because yes. it's a completely unprovable situation. I just like it because it's provocative. But it does seem as though you can change movies. And let me give you a, a specific example. If you were uh, the most common one, you know, is Donald Trump a dangerous monster or do you have TDS, you know, the, the two different movies? Yes. Keep, keep in mind that everybody in both movies survived, ate, in many cases procreated, and they lived their life in a completely different reality. So you see it. Every day, and you're going to see it again when, whenever we get past this crisis. If it doesn't get as big as people said, to movies again, and people will live there forever and they will never have to resolve them. So, right. when I say that you can change your um, reality, you can change your filter on it and just enter another movie. And yes, just that's literally... what I
3: mean your movie, your movie, not so much yeah. a, the simulation, but the movie you right. might be in.
0: So, you can't, you, you probably can't change it to any movie. But mm-hmm. it 's clear, it's clearly an obvious you know you can just observe it a thousand different ways that people are in different movies, and you do see people occasionally switch movie. You know it 's usually big news because it 's so rare, you know, a, a Democrat who decides to be a Trump supporter, that sort of thing. Um, and I have experienced in my own life. Changing my filter, you know, usually with some psychedelic experience or marijuana <laughs> or something. But the the uh, the experience of it is that your reality changed, and you're just in a different movie for a while. But again, you can still shop and you know live and procreate. and that's
3: changed your life. I mean, it's for the better. You changed your filter, and you became more successful over the years, more well known.
0: Well, I, I think uh, yeah, that's a little bit of A B testing, and of course, you always need a little luck. But, uh, yeah, I just try filters, and when my filter doesn't work, I say, well, that filter didn't work. Let's see if I can adjust to a better one. All right, thank you for the questions. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. All right, bye. Let's see what Dunny has to say because I don't know anybody else who has that name, Dunny, D-U-N-N-Y. Dunny, are you there? Do you have a question?
4: Good. Yeah. Hey, um, so when you started doing the nighttime podcast, it reminded me of when Ted Koppel and Nightline started in the late 70s with the hostage crisis. And, oh,
0: uh, yeah, that's you how it that happened.
4: Yeah. I was funny. wondering where you, where you think it might go, or it'll be fun to watch where it goes. But uh, well, anyway, you- thanks for everything. Appreciate all your all you talks.
0: Right, th- thanks for the question. You know, um, I don't plan it. You know I didn't plan to do the morning ones. It just sort of evolved into it i didn't didn't plan to be a commentator about persuasion I didn't plan to write my three last three books until until I had an idea and did them so um you know, I always tell people to build your talent stack so you can go in a lot of different directions when yeah. this is over if I've done a a job that people would want to see more of in whatever way it, it would open up opportunities but I don't have a plan in advance about what I would do with that or, or where I take it. Probably just something that's more and better along these lines. Maybe do some more interviews, see what that looks like. But uh, thank you for the question. Keep it up. Thank you. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Let's try Brian. Who's Brian, can you hear me? Brian, 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 technical difficulty, maybe? Okay, that didn't work. This must be excruciating if you're listening to it on a podcast. I'm sorry. All right, let's go to the Krusty Krebs. Krusty Krebs, are you there? Hello, Krusty. Do you have a question for me? Uh, Apparently not. Okay seems he may have walked away. All right, I'm in some weird mood. Let's try somebody else. I swear I will get a real guest on here. Let's see if Jet Girl is there. Jet Girl, are you there? Hello, do you have a question for me?
4: And your perspective on the um, statistical data that we get, whether it be um, something that's brought together as in, um, it's not Lee but whoever's gathering it in, uh, I think in D.C. there's a hospital that's gathering all the data, and just ones coming out from all over and how you feel, how much of it is true, and uh, just what your overall opinion is about that.
0: The, the, the numbers are so non-believable in terms of, You know uh, the likelihood that they're actually accurate is so low that we're really in a complete fog of war. The only thing you can do is try stuff and see what happens, and then even, even then, as we've talked about before, you still don't know if things change because of the thing you tried. It's kind of it's it's a real guessing situation. So here, let me just go through some of the numbers that I have more or less confidence in. I don't believe we know how many ventilators we will need and I don't believe we know how many are ordered and I don't believe we know how many we have. I don't think we have any visibility on that because if we did, I think the government would say, oh, here it is, you know, it's just three numbers. Yeah, you know, We need, we have, on order, three numbers. If they knew, they'd tell us, which means they don't know. Likewise for all the other PPE, there's no visibility and I think that has something to do with the fact that you know, a variety of entities are springing up to meet the need, and I don't know that anybody has a idea how many of them can deliver and when. Are they real? Uh, so, so, I think so you, we just do don't think, know.
4: Do you think the yeah. shortage? The shortages is do you think is a fear, or do you think it's um, realistically shortages?
0: Well, the 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 shortages are based on what we anticipate. For the most part, there are only a few hospitals that look like they 're starting to run low in real time right now, but for ninety nine percent of the country there 's a shortage in the sense that they think they might need some down the road and pretty quickly you know in a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody knows, so that 's the thing you know will Will the social separation work? Uh, will all the people who are coming in now who are probably getting hydra chloroquine are, are they not being hi- hospitalized so the problem's already solved? I mean, one of the possibilities is that the problem is already solved, and it just takes a while for us to see it run through the system. And what I mean by that is, if the hydrochloroquine is is at least keeping people from having to be hospitalized, and there's you know lots of anecdotal but not scientific evidence of that, um, then maybe it's already solved because it's just a matter of supply. And I gotta I gotta believe that those are coming online pretty quickly. Probably the New York hospitals were already using it. You know, the, the people that you're hearing are dying today. are probably ones that were maybe a little too far gone or maybe ones that would have died under almost any condition because they were that fragile. But what you should see, if the, if the meds are working, is that the death rate will stabilize even as the infection rate is climbing like crazy. So that's what I, I'm predicting. So I think we'll get, we'll get through it, and I think it will be less... Less than the worst case by far, but we'll never know if it was because we stopped it. <laughs> It'll just drive us crazy forever. All right, thanks for the question. Thank you. I'm starting to notice that people do not look like their icons. Bella, are you there? Do you have a question? Okay, what's your question? Can you hear me? I can. Okay,
2: cool. So, I'm a recent college grad, and I'm just wondering now with, like, how the economy is going, what kind of career field should I go into, because I'm Mm. a business student, and I just had, like, an interview for a mortgage company for a sales job, Yeah, and then they... We're really excited about me, but they are holding off on the official offer letter because they just don't know how things are going.
0: Well, you know, uh, I wish I could, I wish I could tell you everything will be great in three months, but there's pretty good chance that the people who did not already have jobs, of course, will be the last ones to go back to work because people will prefer to hire the people who are already there. But, um, I think you just have to hold it's, it's probably, you know, try to hold on through the summer and then a lot of stuff will start opening up. It would be my guess, you know, subject to lots of uncertainty, but um, that, that's the best I can say. Maybe there's something you can do temporarily or part-time or something, but the for the good jobs, they're coming back. It might be you know, three, six months. So you might have some waiting to do. I'm, I'm sorry that you have to, that your timing was so bad. I know. Although I suppose yeah. if, you, if you had gotten the job a week before, you'd still have lost it. So yeah. it wouldn't, wouldn't have ended up about the same. All right. Well, mm-hmm. good luck for that. And thank you for the question. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people getting worried. Um, I don't think anybody's going to starve, but it's going to get pretty tense. All right. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Is it Tim Gier? Tim Gier? Can you hear me? Do you have a question? Yes. Hey, what's your question?
1: Thanks a lot for taking the call. I just want to quickly say I've been a big fan, read all your books. Uh, thank you. And thank you for doing uh, these uh, periscopes. Uh, they're the perfect combination of uh, objective and subjective. So that's been, uh, that's been very useful. Uh, I'm a software engineer. I work up here in uh, Montreal, in Quebec. So we've been remote for two weeks. Everything's shut down. But funny enough, uh, we've been the most productive we've ever been. So, what 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 uh, what would be your predictions on uh, work from home policies uh, after this uh, shutdown?
0: <clears throat> well, you know, you would think that people would say, "Hey, this work from home thing works so well that we just got to keep doing that." But there there are a lot of obstacles to working at home. One of them is that there might be other people home. Uh, you know, I've been working from home for I don't. Know, 20 years or whatever and if somebody else is home even though you're working it's really hard to convince them that they shouldn't tell you about the dead animal that's in the swimming pool you know it's really hard to convince somebody who's not working who's in the same house that that suspicious smell needs to be investigated right now because the house might blow up it could be gas and you know and when other people are in your physical vicinity they just have a lot of emergencies. <laughs> you know, not the kind where you're gonna die necessarily, but just a lot of stuff you gotta look into right away. So you so um in my case, Christina is amazing about, you know, understanding that separation and stuff. So I don't have any problem with her. But a lot of people are gonna have that problem. Working at home is kinda hard if somebody else is there, especially if some of the time it's kids. So a lot of people are gonna be desperate to get back to work. You know, there won't be that many people who said, you know, I'd like to do this every day. (laughs) A lot of people don't like their commute, but that's really different from wanting to be home all the time. You know, it's a a good change of pace, maybe once or twice a week. Uh, So my guess is that, and also uh, managers tend to be tyrants. And so for their own little, you know, fiefdom, they're going to want you to come in so that you're physically there. So they have somebody to boss around and talk to. So I think... uh, yeah, I think humans being humans, this may change things up to 20%, meaning maybe there'll be 20% more telecommuting after this, but I don't think it's 100%, you know, maybe 20%. That's my guess. All right, thanks for the question. Thank you. All right, It was a interesting question. Let's see if we can keep it going with uh, Nils. Nils? Nils, Nils, Nils. Nils, do you have a question for me? Nils, are you washing the dishes? Get over here. Ask me a question.
5: Hello, this is Nils.
0: Yes, Nils. What's your question?
5: Wow, I tried to call you the other day, and I uh, I hit the wrong button. This is really wonderful to talk to you. I,
0: I, I was going to be funny and disconnect you, but I won't do that. It would have been hilarious. <laughs> All right, what's well, your question?
5: I have to say, Scott, I've been... Following you for the last two years, I've gotten my father into you, and I have been living the golden life.
0: Okay, I swear I didn't do that. He just got disconnected. <laughs> I I promise you, I did not do that. <clears throat> but it was kind of perfect. <laughs> All right, um, bye, Nils. We'll have to try it again. I swear to God I didn't do that. That was you know, even after I said it would have been funny, it looks like maybe I did, but I didn't. All right. Uh, can you hear me? Do you have a question?
2: And what do you think will be the triggers that turn this whole thing around and we get back to a normal life?
0: Well, I th- my greatest hope is that the meds keep you out of the hospital, and if that's true, people will take their chances with getting sick. The other possibility is, you know, we find out that 80 percent or some huge number of the, the public already has it, and then we'd say, oh, well, if half of us had had it, we're closer to some kind of accidental herd immunity. The other thing is the. Uh, I think this is going to be maybe the black, what is it, the underdog or the black horse or the black swan or something, not the black swan, but the thing you don't see coming, but it's just sort of plodding along. And it's that uh, the blood serum stuff where the people who have already had it and recovered have the antibodies, and you can isolate them in the serum and put it in another person and it gives them, we think, some immunity. And that one's always just sort of thrown in the list it's like oh this has happened this has happened ventilators and pills and stuff and a uh, blood serum thing but the question is is that the one that could ramp up the fastest because how many how many recovered people do you need and how much serum do you get out of them to handle how many people and how long does it take now under normal situation you wouldn't want a lot of healthy people going in and doing this weird blood serum thing and I, actually i don't even know if it's for before you get it to keep you from getting it, or is it to help you after you've gotten it? I think maybe both. Um, so we'll see. You know, it, it, That one just keeps plodding along without getting much attention, but the math of it and the practicality of it suggests that we could scale it up. So you know, maybe that'll be the thing. Anyway, those are the, th- the three things I think are by far the most important, and then the Then also the cheap tests that you can do at home, because if we could all cheaply and immediately test at home, we'd have no problem tomorrow. So any one of those things could end up being the thing. But we probably have at least four things, optimistically. We might have at least four things that are the thing, you know, on top of the social social isolation. So I, I feel as though it's starting to look like a mismatch, you know, us versus the virus, when it's been exactly the opposite so now it's still a mismatch, so we're right on the cusp of having a real good visibility about these other tools, and, and then we go on offense, and then it gets fun, not for the virus. All right, thanks for the question. Nancy. Right. Thanks. Let's see. How about patches? Patches? I'm adding you because your name is patches. Patches. Do you have a, do you have a question for me? <laughs> thanks
4: um, I have two, two things to talk about really quickly they're about, both about related to the, uh, the Trump pills and one of them is basically China which I kind of go along with your theory that they're kind of evil and I think they're probably not announcing the pills because it allows them to continue to increase their control of their society over there
0: well there's actually maybe even another reason which is you know, the, one of the studies that said the pills uh, don't work And by the way, the French study that said that they do, people online are saying that's debunked. I usually side with the debunkers. If somebody says something's true and then somebody says that study's debunked, if I don't know anything about it, I usually side with the debunker. (laughs) The debunker's usually right. Not every time. But um, there was one study out of uh, what University or something in in, uh, China that indicated that the pills don't work. But in the same article, they said, well, but these this uh, expensive drugs that are made in China, well, they really work. So, you know, you don't want to try these cheap ones that you can get anywhere, probably don't work. What you want well, is these really expensive ones that you can only get in, in China. So you can't really trust anybody at this point. Um,
4: yeah, I guess so, the whole yeah. thing where they built the hospitals and shut the hospitals down so quick, I thought was suspicious, like it just wasn't contained by locking some doors. To that point, that they had something going on beyond just social distancing to get rid of the hospitals.
0: Yeah, to me it seems obvious that they had a um, they had some kind of therapeutic treatment that made a big difference. But maybe we'll never know. Who knows?
4: Right. Yeah. the, The thing about this is goes back to the same issue domestically. I just was listening to I'm in Gainesville, Florida, and listening to our local. Politicians talking today, and a person called us like, "Is there any you know treatments or pills for this?" And the local medical people are like, "No, we can just put you on respirators and do this and do that." And I'm like, "Is is this ignorance, or is this more the wink, wink? We're just not going to tell people we know how to do something about this."
0: Uh, every everything that's happening under the hood, you know, the people who are talking individually, you know, person to person, suggests that the doctors are prescribing it and it works, all of it. 100% of the anecdotal, again, not scientific, we we all yeah. want a scientific study, but 100% of the anecdotals from doctors is, yeah, we're giving it and it works, but it's all on the down low because... Um, what, I, I guess
4: I, my point on this is that because it's on the down low, there might be some people don't get the word and don't treat their patients as well as they could, and that there's people dying in this, you know, other hospitals because they don't understand there was a protocol they could do because no one's really come out and say, hey, try this.
0: They yeah, you know,
4: hoarding. Um, if you're talking about the the
0: patients, they definitely might not be informed. I think at this point there's probably no doctor in the country who's not informed <laughs> on that. Probably every doctor is informed on that. I I just feel like it, or 99%, so it would be not a big not a big you've got, problem.
4: You've got more faith in that than I do.
0: Uh, maybe so. All right. Take care. Thanks, Thank you. thanks for questions. questions. Right, let's take at least one more. Let's, let's see what uh, David wants. David's been waiting here patiently. David, David, do you have a question for me, David? Hi.
5: When you were speaking about uh, the premonition, especially—I think it was a shower faucet or the temperature gauge—you just knew something was going to break. Um, this is a question about kind of having premonitions. There was yeah. something. Do you remember that? I, it was a, in the shower or something, was it not?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I had a long story about a broken shower that that I expected to break. Yeah, I, I, I have those quite frequently. Uh, I've started to refer them to to them as memories of the future. People like I, that.
5: That's awesome. Uh, I was curious, um, Does uh, I kind of have two questions. Um, has this ever happened with Christina and do you think that's why you guys uh, sort of <laughs> came together? And the, the second question, uh, if you don't wanna answer that, the first one, that's fine. But the second was, do you think with, because I think you've influenced, um, I mean, thousands of people by now at getting better at understanding the system of reality of persuasion that we're in and how people use that skill do you think as part of the golden age, if you will, of our psyches, people will become better at maybe getting premonitions or?
0: Well, no, I'm not, you know, I have fun talking about new agey stuff, but, you know, fundamentally I wouldn't put money on any of it. So, um, I'm a a deep rationalist at my core, but it's really fun to talk about the the premonitions and the simulation and affirmations and stuff. And I don't have reasons for, why some of these appear to be true or appear to work. It, it, it could be an entirely psychological phenomenon, confirmation bias, but it doesn't make it any less fun. You know, here's a, here's a, uh, a thought experiment. If I said to you, I'll tell you what, uh, I can make you think you're having an extraordinary life, but in reality, it won't be. Will you take the deal? And And you'll never know the difference. There'll never be a time... When somebody taps you on the shoulder and says, Hey, hey, you're hypnotized. You'll never know. You'll just have a terrible life. But you'll think it was great. Would you take the deal? I would. I would. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's your reality. If you think it's great, it's great. So so at least that much I feel is objectively true. You know, you can you can change your filter on life and it effectively changes your reality. But uh, beyond that, anybody's guess. Fair enough. Has Christina had uh, any of these experiences real quick? And I'll go. Thanks. Um, I don't know if she's ever mentioned it, so I couldn't say yes or no specifically. Uh, I do know that when the first time I saw her, um, uh, my feeling was of seeing the future. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, you can't – the thing you can never separate is – Uh, whether you could have made something happen, you know, just because you wanted it. So when I saw her, it felt like seeing the future, but it's also something I immediately was attracted to and, you know, put some effort into making it happen. So I don't, who who knows? It's all fun to talk about anyway. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks David. Let's do one more. Um, Let's take, (laughs) Uh, you know, I'm trying to guess based on, uh, the weird little uh, icons that you have. And half the time I can't even get your gender right. But I think this is Jennifer. I'm good. How are you? Do you have a question?
2: And in Donald Trump taking care of this bill that the Congress is trying to pull off, like the whole country is so furious is there any chance you think he would do something and pick pick up this free money and and you know strip out some of that pork
4: and
0: well you know um depending on what station you're listening to and who's talking these the bill is either a gigantic you know mistake in a hundred ways or it all makes sense if you just heard why so yes. i've heard i've heard both versions of those of those but the one that uh maybe really set me back is was listening to the President describing how good it was, right. and he he had a little context to each one, and I thought, Oh, it does have provisions, so they 're not going to do a stock buyback. okay, that was one of the things and and it and it seems aimed at keeping employees employed more than just helping them and, and it 's a loan, so they have to pay it back and as he 's talking about it i kept I kept waiting for the things that I knew I was going to hate. And yeah. then he got he got to the uh, was it the Met or what is it the, the, Kennedy, the Center. Kennedy Center? So he gets to the Kennedy Center. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. He he's just going to go off on this. And he starts saying how he likes the Kennedy Center, and he talked him down from 35 to 25. And a lot of people are employed there. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> now, yeah. in that case, in that case, I'm pretty sure that was in, and I think he actually said this that you know you you got to do a little negotiating. So I think he was he was softening it, but it's obvious that wouldn't have been, you know, in his perfect bill. So I guess when I listened to it, the big stuff because even if you can hate the little Kennedy center thing, but it's not big compared to the rest of it, and he actually had some reasons behind everything he mentioned and uh, so I would say I'm I know 60% well informed about what's in there. And the big stuff looked at least like it had some rationale. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody's smart enough to know that this is the worst idea in the world or the best. You know, I always talk about the economy being a psychology engine. And this is Mm -hmm. clearly a case where getting something done was more important, way more important than getting it exactly right. Because, you know, you can always send out more money.
4: Yeah. But but
0: if you do nothing, everything's falling apart. So they got the big thing right. So the big yeah. thing was do something and make it a big number. Um, you probably heard me talking early in the process. People were talking about one billion, and then at the high end, people were saying or two trillion. I mean, one trillion or two trillion. And I said from the start, it's got to be two trillion. And the reason it's got to be $2 trillion is not because I'm a genius who knows what the budget needs to be to get the best result. It's because the number's out there. As soon yeah. as the number's out there, it's got to be the big one because this is a psychology play. You want the country to say, I didn't, I didn't stop at anything. You know, I, I could have saved money, but I'm not going to save money to let one person die. It's, so as soon as the $2 trillion was out there, it had to be $2 trillion because yeah. that's, that's the psychology engine and how it works. All right. Um, did I answer your question?
2: Yeah, and, and real quick, though, I was kind of curious. Well, I was wondering why Donald Trump doesn't maybe have people from the military um, in his news conferences. When I watch their briefings, I feel so much better about what's going on. And I thought he pretty,
0: he did until recently, right? Did he have yeah, is it yeah. one of the members? A I thought I saw something?
2: Yeah, I saw one guy in uniform, but I just yeah. was kind of curious what you thought about the optics of having him be a wartime president. Well, maybe
0: yeah, you know it's it's a careful balance because yeah. um you don't want it to look too military because that's scary. Yeah, and yeah. you know some of the smartest people watching this have predicted that the military would eventually, you know, be ha- having to be playing an active role in in uh, within the country, which would be scary. Even oh, if yeah. they were doing even if they were doing everything right and they probably would, right? The military is very capable in so many ways. Uh, just people, the optics of it would be bad. So uh, it's okay to have one up there now and then, but yeah. I think I'd rather very civilian look um, just for the psychology of it again. But okay. thanks for the question. Thank you. Right. Thank you. All right. I think I'm going to end it just about here. Yeah. We've got the uh, the Navy medical ship that's going to sail up there pretty soon. And I don't know. Maybe we're getting a a handle on this. I think the news that comes out in the next two days is just going to be so important because um, you know we're going to find out if the uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine works, and that's going to be a real big day. And if it doesn't, and it might not, you know, the president says that. I say it often, even though even though I'm very optimistic about it. I say it often, might not, just can't tell, Um, but I I feel positive about it. All right. Uh, Why is ship going to California? Well, there's one to California and one to the East Coast, so I think they've got two of them, and they put them where they expect the biggest problem. All right, that's all I got for now. I will see you in the morning, and I hope you have a terrific night. Everything's going to
3: be great.